everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the God's Will Part 4, Four Causes of Judgment on Sodom episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan here with Pastor Joel, and he is doing the running arm. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, quick, quick, hey, record, hey, record. Quick, I want to keep talking. Go. It's going to go away. It's going to go away. Oh, I'm like, I could feel myself wanting to debrief and talk about the episode with you. And we have learned season one, we learned, no, just hit record. We can talk in front of our audience. Exactly. <laughs> so what would you say to me if we were done? Uh, if we were recapping and not recording. So if it was just me and you talking and yes. we weren't recording right now, yes. I'd yes. be like, how in the world can we hit end after those? How can we stop the episode on those two questions and not commentate the answer? I <laughs> know <laughs> it's so that's brutal. where I'm at right now. And and I'll say this: I'm just gonna hit it. I'm just gonna hit it. These uh um, is America doing the four causes of judgment on Sodom? How is America doing? And was the COVID outbreak from God or from the enemy? I love talking about this because I have a really positive emotion attached to the COVID outbreak. Oh, it's so crazy to say. <laughs> I know. Now, let me just clarify. I mean, it's been devastating to see the effects that it's had on a lot of people physically, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually. People are leaving the church. Now that the pandemic is lifting up, people seem to not want to be coming back to church. A lot of people are like, you know what? My experience with virtual services is no different than me sitting in a congregation of people who are all looking the same direction towards one person. Why not just stay at home? It do, it literally doesn't feel, feel different mm. than if I go to this place. Wow. I feel great about it. You know, and the, of course, it, it is devastating the people who have been hurt. You know, of course, the people who have physically gotten really sick and even died in some cases. I'm not saying I feel good about that stuff. Right. My emotion is for me and me alone. And let me explain why. What the COVID pandemic did for me is it increased the fellowship I had with the people in my life. Just such a crazy Another crazy thing to say, because it's it was the most isolating time for many. Right. We were, you could say, required to socially distance, wearing masks, staying at home, and, you know, the lockdown, everything. But what we did as a church, and you were part of this, PJ, it was, um, it was a catalyst for us to ensure we handled this the right way. We wanted to make sure we're going to respond to this cause in the right way. Because it is a cause coming at you. How I respond to it is going to make all the difference as to whether it's something that devastates my life and pulls me down and drains me of energy. Or is this going to be something that I can look back at as a turning point and see it as something that brought a benefit. So what we did is we, we intentionally, you know, we did take advantage of like most, like a lot of people did zoom calls and video chatting and all this stuff, but it really was a big encouragement 
that you and I were given and that we helped facilitate our respective churches was we need to make sure our fellowship is, is right. And, and there's really two things we really hammered down for everybody is to handle the pandemic. Well, it's sleep and flow. Nice. Which sleep is really, it all comes down to getting a clean thought process. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's, so it's fellowship. Fellowship is, is the key to sleeping well. And when we're, when you have rich fellowship, a lot of times what that will do is it'll help your thought process stay clean. What causes us to not sleep well most of the time is we have too many thoughts running around in our head. Nice. Where fellowship is a great dissolve to that. And the flow thing is really, I mean, if you, it, it's really in the church, what we would say, it is our ability and and commitment to taking direction from God, to allowing his influence, inward flow, influence, influence to work in and through our lives, which what that is, is it's your body, your brain, your thought process operating at its optimum level, the healthiest it can be. Literally when you are having the mind of Christ, right? It is. It is. You have the mind of Christ. You're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yeah. And a lot of translations talk about, you know, Jesus sought no reputation, the mind of Christ. The ASV says he emptied himself. Mm. That's the mind of Christ, emptying yourself, meaning not not meaning I have no thoughts and I'm meditating and 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 drifting into an animal thought process. What we mean by that, what Jesus means by that, what Paul means by that is allowing the inward flow of the divine allowing God, the father through his spirit to work through you. And what's interesting is when you do that, it actually repairs you physically, mentally, and emotionally while you're allowing the spiritual cause to come through you. And these things are really the key to helping somebody have a strong immune system and to remain healthy during these famines and pestilences that we've been experiencing. So that's why my emotion to COVID is positive. I, I came down with it myself. I experienced it. I lost the smell and the taste and all that. And I chose actually from counsel from you, Pastor Jonathan, I chose to, to fast during my 14 day quarantine. I did three, three day fasts during a 12 day period. And it was interesting because as soon as my 14 day quarantine was over, my taste and smell immediately came back. Hmm. So I just realized it's like, if I can't taste ice cream, I'm not going to eat it because it just makes my belly hurt. <laughs> What's the <laughs> point? I'll tell you, yeah. fasting's easy when you can't taste anything. Yeah. But, but that's where, for me, it was like, so I'll just say this. I believe, and I could be wrong about this, and this is, this is based off of what I believe about God and from my own experiences. I believe the COVID outbreak was from God. I believe it was used going all the way back to the beginning of the What the Flock episode. It was used to wake up the world as to how you're living your life and giving you an opportunity to repent of anything that you were or could have been doing that was a distraction away from the path God had set before you. Nice. And I know for me, I would say that's what happened. It was like correction from God. Mm-hmm. And in that clearly there were areas in my life 
where I could have made fellowship and flowing in grace a greater priority. Now, you don't have to believe it from God or the, I mean, you don't have to believe the same thing I do, but even if it was from the enemy, God's watching how we respond to it. Yeah. And here's a big thing that everybody's going to have to determine for themselves. Did your response to the pandemic show God that he can reach you in some capacity where it will result in a behavioral change? And two, which is really the, the bigger question of the two, if you did make changes in your life in response to the COVID pandemic, now that things are lightening up a bit, are you lightening up on those things that you changed about your life? Awesome. Or are you still committed, even though the, the outbreak has simmered down, the, you know, the lockdown's over, things are opening back up, we're able to be more social and connected in the physical world now and not just virtually. Are you still... So basically for me, this would be like God asking me, Joel, are you going to continue to make fellowship and flowing in grace a priority that you did over the two years of the pandemic? And here's the implication, because if not, then what I'm doing is I'm showing God he needs to bring another pandemic to me in order for him to get the behavior out of me that he wants from me. So really where we're learning now that we're out of the pandemic is do we need something like this in our lives to get us on the right path? Mm. Or will I learn? Because when you learn your lesson, when you really learn your lesson about something, then that means the thing that you learned your lesson over doesn't have to happen again in the future for you to continue down the right path. If we really learned what we needed to learn through the pandemic, whether it was from God or from the enemy, if we really learned it, then that would mean we won't need another pandemic. We will continue to do the behavior we've learned nice. indefinitely. Nice. So you don't need to, you know, if you've learned something, you don't need to continue to change your behavior. You're, if you've learned something, your behavior has changed. Right. Yep. If you've yeah. really learned your lesson through this, then you have changed. And you won't need another pandemic right. to cause you to fellowship more again. And if you haven't learned from this pandemic, you need something worse. Yeah, not just another pandemic, but something worse. Yeah, because yeah. God's just to try to really get our. So clearly that didn't work. That's that's the way I see God looking at this. Well, clearly that wasn't enough. Right. So it either needs to be longer or worse. Right. Awesome. So can you give us an overview of the strict and the loose perspective again for our listeners? Yeah, the strict perspective is prosperity. And this is a person measuring whether or not they're on the right or wrong side of justice based on their physical prosperity, how much stuff they have or how much stuff is being taken from them. Mm -hmm. 
the loose or the freedom side is, well, no, I mean, God never punishes those who are believers. So in order to be on the right side of God, just say you're a believer. Yeah. These people would never believe that God would punish them if they've made the decision to follow Christ. So here was one of the questions I wanted to ask you. How do you stay, how, how do you stay encouraged or how do you, what is, uh, I'm curious what your perspective is on the fact that Music of Life Church Appleton and Music of Life Church Kimberly are not growing a lot quantitatively. How do you have the right perspective on that? And what are you doing to kind of, um, you know, do you, do you feel like it's a correction? Do you feel like it's a, uh, a, a stay on the path thing or an attack? What, what has been your experience with being a, you know, being a senior pastor? That's not having a lot of quantitative growth. Yeah, it might be really easy to say that prosperity is not a measure of when or, whether or not you're doing good when you're not experiencing prosperity, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. So that's good. Let's be contrastive here on ourselves mm-hmm. first. So, I mean, because we'd like to be more prosperous as an effect of the right causes. So for, for us, it always goes back to what are what are the causes God's put in place. Now, for me specifically, there's something that I'm doing as a shepherd, as a leader, where I'm I'm trying to gauge where my people are at. There's this this thing I learned. I preached a sermon on it years ago about whether or not you're an inside out organization or an outside in organization. And I argued that the the right mentality and what god would want us to have is the inside out mentality which that means let's strengthen ourselves within first and the effect will be we'll have a, an outside reach and i think that's supported through verses like you know let your light shine and people will be drawn to your good works and they'll see you know they'll glorify the father but what that means is it's not and it's not just I focus on making sure my people are better in, in an abstract way. It's I'm I'm trying to help equip the people within our communities to continue to grow into more spiritual, spiritually mature beings who are lovers and not takers. So those are the things I I focus on. And regardless of how well we do, I feel like I've, and maybe this is partly just of how God created me to be, of who God created me to be, is I do have this natural tendency to always be looking backwards and trying to get to the root cause of things and trying to encourage people to ask why and encouraging people to focus on the causes and the doctrine. and. Yeah. No matter how, and we've had people who have been around me for years who finally just get fed up with it and are like, I just, I don't, I'm sick of hearing doctrine all the time. Mm. It's like, oh, that's me. That's my, that's my brand. 
that's how I'm always going to be, regardless of how good we're doing. Not that I'm not affirming, but I think that's the key to continually to help to help stay on the right side of God is to keep being focused on the causes that he's put in front of us. So with Music Life Church, it's are we growing and being a safer community for people with the refuge aspect of our mission? Are we growing in the restoration part of our mission where we have a process where we intentionally help people learn to bear their own burdens? Mm. And are we intentionally embracing and living out this repair part of our mission? Because the refuge, restoration, repair, these are all causes that we're under as a church. And the repair is, are we really becoming leaders and replicating ourselves, making disciples, and ultimately fulfilling the law of Christ by bearing the burdens of others. So that's kind of my approach. Internally focused on this community. Yet I just did a series on evangelism where it's like, we need to get the word out. We need to amplify this message. But the entire time I'm preaching this message, I'm preaching it to Musical Life Church, helping them discover what's the right manner in which we evangelize. What does God want us to do? What did Jesus do while he was on earth? What does Paul teach us in his letters? So that can be done the right way. So even in even in the approach to evangelism, which is a very outside focus, my approach is we need to learn this ourselves first and learn this skill so that when we do it, we can do it for the benefit of others and do it effectively. So that would be my approach. What do I do to stay exhorted and encouraged? Because regardless of my where my focus is, there still has been in our times where I'm like, where are the people? We've been blessed financially, so I've never really had to worry about the money. Mm-hmm. And you and me do a pretty good job or you could even say a great job of just staying out of the money. Yep. So that's been, you know, even if we have quantitatively a small number of people, the people we do have are very generous. So, uh, but, but I do, I do often wonder where are more people. I think a lot of times that comes from a place of just wanting to help more people, but there are times frequently where it comes from a place of frustration of like, when when are the people when are they going to come and actually get the help that i know we can offer mm-hmm. but there's one thing i learned and i learned it from you that keeps me encouraged even in the midst of those times where i'm frustrated all i have to do is remind myself if i'm looking around and i'm wondering where all the people are jehovah's there yeah he sees what we're doing yep and that immediately relaxes me Nice. Because that's really dissolves the whole thing. And what is my frustration? My frustration is there should be, I have this number in my head, even if it's not defined of what it, of what the right amount of people should be. Yeah. Success. Right. And it's some expectation. Yep. It's some quantity that I've, that I've created. And the implication, whether I state this or not, is that something's wrong and I'm frustrated over 
why it's not happening. And, and it, honestly, it's almost like the implication is, God, don't you see this? I thought we're preaching your truth. I thought we were doing the right thing. I'm not seeing people come. Or as many as I think there should be. Right. That all goes away when I remember Jehovah's there. He's at our church services. He hears me preach sermons. He sees the work being done through the restoration process. He hears the, you know, the radio spots that we've paid for to get the word out. He sees what we're doing in these podcasts. And that helps me give up control to him and let him take care of those effects that we all want. Right. So that's what encourages me is this reminder that, oh yeah, if I focus on the causes, I will reap the effects. But if I'm focused on the causes God's put in front of me and I've given up control over the effects, then I need to be also giving up control over when they happen. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. My focus is on the causes And the way I am encouraged is just reminding myself that God sees it all. He sees what we're doing and he'll correct us when we need it. And he will bless us when it's appropriate. And it's his, and it's really he who adds, right? It's he who adds. He, it's he, it's, it's God who gives the increase. Yep. But we, we focus on watering. We focus on growing. We focus on planting. Yeah. We focus on the causes. Yeah. And and God will give the increase. Yeah, one of the things that encourages me is to go whenever something, whenever we have a major learning, whenever whenever something big changes in our church, I go, "Wow, I'm really glad we don't have a bigger church." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we're able to steer the ship you know, because it's a, it's a light ship. It's not a cruise ship. A little fishing boat instead of a cruise a little, ship. Yeah. We can just turn that thing around. Turn on a dime, right? Yeah. You're right. That's great. And, and so it's like, part of it is, is it's God, I think being merciful in our communities to go, no, let's get this thing pointed in the, in a perfect direction. And instead of instead of adding and then correcting it's like no we're 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 majorly shifting it's developing such a strong foundation that you know be great to see it to see music of life church uh you know last hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years until christ's return that would be really cool yeah yeah or maybe we won't be around because we served our purpose wouldn't that be great if the church was healed yeah exactly of the damage that the church has caused yeah yeah and i think another perspective to have is that there are there are we do grow quantitatively just very little yeah we've grown a ton qualitatively Oh yeah, for sure. And the, but the quantitative measures that we all want and that humans can't help but try to measure things by. Yeah. Which is the very very much the strict side of this, you know, the the limitation side of the conjunctive is a very human thought process. Right. 
it's yeah. measuring things by these effects. We all want those and it's okay to want those things. I'm not wrong to want more people and more money and more fruit on my apple tree and more sex if I'm married and yep. Those are those are things that it's okay to want. Yep. God cares about how and why we go after those things. Yeah. It's awesome to want to be for for God to prosper us. It's okay to not like it when God punishes you. Yes, it's okay. You know, but both of those things, the 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 prosperity and the punishment are all effects of not doing the causes that God wants us to do. Yeah. Or getting blessed because of doing the causes that we are doing. But again, right. we don't know all of the things of how God is moving and what he's trying to orchestrate. So it's better. It's, it's great that we take a cue from Job and justify God, that God is doing the right thing, that he is doing the fair thing, that maybe we don't know all of the things that he's doing, but there are way higher and way more complex than anything that we can fathom. Oh yeah. So we can trust that he's working that out and we can always go back to those four causes of church and see an opportunity in our church. Yes. Like all the time. It's so easy to go, Oh, do we have a fellowship issue? You know, do we have a doctrine issue? Do we have a prayer issue? Do we have a breaking of bread issue? Yep. 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 It's yeah. like, absolutely. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Now go get it. Now go get that issue. Now go. Yeah. You know, Lord, name the church that can't grow in at least one area in those four causes. It's like, I can't name the church because every church can grow at least in one area in all four causes. Yeah. And even in eternity, we're going to grow to the stature of the fullness of Christ. It doesn't mean that we are a deficit. So there's going to be opportunities for fellowship and doctrine and prayer and breaking of bread in eternity as well. There are the four causes of church. They just won't be at a deficit. So there's opportunities to grow. There's opportunities to bring things out of a hole. But yeah, we won't be growing as an effect of having to repent from sin. We'll be growing because we're always getting better. But these four causes of church is the key to any healthy community. The four causes of church, if a family unit embraces the four causes of church. Nice. If a business embraces the four causes of church, it might not be a business anymore. It'd be a healthy community. Yeah, totally. Like this is how this is how you fix any community. Mm. And the church will continue to be the church, the bride of Christ for eternity. These four causes aren't just until Jesus comes back. Mm. Nice. So let's connect the doctrine, Pastor Joel. How does the God's will part four, the four causes of judgment on Sodom relate with our series of God's will. It connects to, so God's will is how does he accomplish his plan? What this does is it gives an objective measure behind whether or not you're a person who is facilitating God's will interdependently, volitionally, with the spiritual value you've accrued 
or if you're facilitating God's will as an effect of your disobedience and injustice, the value that God accrues because of your injustice towards him and others. That's what these four do. It really, you remember, we're all part of God's will in some facet, either for or against him. We do help it. <laughs> but these four causes, four measures, help us and help God objectively measure which side of which side you're on. Nice. That's great. And then let's look at the categories of how the church responds and the perspective of self-esteem. Yeah. So let's look at these levels of self-esteem through in the Sodom episode. Let's do it through the perspective of something bad happens to you. How would these each three respond? Because that's the kind of what we're talking about with the the four causes of judgment against Sodom, right? Is, you know, whether or not when something happens, good or bad, is it from God or the enemy? Especially if something bad happens to me, is it God's correction or is it the enemy distracting me or attempting to? So low self-esteem people, these are the people I feel sorry for. If something bad happens to them, they tend to run or ignore it. I don't want to think about it at all. The mid-self-esteem person would immediately attribute something bad happening to them as if they were bad. So remember, these are the people who tend to equate the immediate effects, what's happening around them, as proof of their righteousness or unrighteousness. So the deception here is that they're just focused on what's happening. But something bad happens to me, it must mean I'm bad or I'm doing something wrong. And then a high self-esteem person would be somebody who, when something bad happens to them, they try to figure out what's the intangible cause behind this bad thing that's happened to me. These are the people who know that God is about the intangible and qualitative, while the enemy is about the tangible and quantitative. So these people, when something bad happens, they're going to take the time to determine, was this God or the enemy? And what these people tend to do, a behavior they have is if something bad happens to them, their first step is to consider where could I be wrong? Yeah. And they go, let me check to, let me check to see if I'm wrong first. Right. I don't want to immediately assume I'm right in every situation. So even if it is something I haven't done wrong, there's no harm in considering that I could be wrong. Where if I am wrong and I didn't consider I was wrong, there is harm in that. So a high self-esteem person doesn't get the confidence in who they are on whether or not they've done something right or wrong, but they do know growing requires them to find these areas in their life and that they care more about hearing from God and removing the issues in their thought process than they do about what it looks like when they do something wrong. So that would be the self-esteem perspectives as it relates to this topic nice and finally can you remind us once more what the ultimate answer is the ultimate answer is that god has four measures for judgment and those four measures correspond 
with the entire person. Mental, emotional, spiritual, physical. Yes. And the way to dissolve that, the way to dissolve judgment is to do the four causes of church. As a, as a person in your relationships with other people and in your churches. Yes. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We'll see you next time.